Guys, welcome to the podcast. Um, I've got Steve Teaches Crypto here. Steve O'Brien, welcome, man. Thanks a million, Jenny. Thanks for having me on. Deadly. So Steve's an Irish guy um, putting out amazing content on, I only see it on Instagram. I assume you're probably on TikTok as well. I am indeed. Crushing it on TikTok. Uh, really high quality stuff, great information and, and really, really well put together. Um, going to have to sort of get you to teach me how to do this, Steve. <laughs> show you the ways of the force <laughs> yeah um so welcome anyway i'd love to hear your your journey into crypto sort of where to start and, and and what was your journey in before we get into into the good stuff yeah thanks a million so i've have i've been working in tech for the past 12 years so i, I got into tech or sorry i got into crypto through the tech um and that being a load of lads sitting around in 2017 i'm on the engineering side of tech so surrounded by a load of lads Geeky, geeky guys jumping into crypto. Didn't know what crypto was. All I knew was that some of the lads had uh, jumped into Ripple and they were making serious money. So to be honest, dived in, didn't have a clue. A lot of people start crypto this way, to be fair. Um, jumped in, threw money in at Ripple. Possibly the most unlucky decision I've made since the SEC held up Ripple from 2017 right up until up until now. But that was my that was my basic introduction just a few lads sitting around having a chat, buying crypto for the sake of it. Um, so yeah, that, that was pretty much my introduction. And then from there, watched, like everybody else probably at the time who was uneducated in crypto, watched it go down like 90% and sit there essentially for the next four or five years. Um, but I got back into crypto in a big way then, kind of the start of 2020. I had just a penny drop moment on assets and liabilities and the difference between an asset and liability and it was kind of actually sitting in this room petty dropped and then just 100% since then just into into crypto and nfts as well um so yeah they're my two big big loves right now deadly man you mentioned ripple that was your first investment and people always ask me about ripple so i'm going to ask you about it Oh, no. what, what what do you think of Ripple? <laughs> I, I, I'll be really honest with you. I am i don't know too much about Ripple. I, I am deep in Bitcoin, Ethereum um, and NFT digital collectibles. So you know yourself, it's really hard to know about all the different cryptos. So I, I'm totally out of the loop on, on XRP. Um, but I, at the time, you know, they were saying it was going to be the a new digital bank currency and stuff like that. But I, I wouldn't even be qualified, to be honest enough, to speak too much to Ripple. I'm not sure if you want to fill me in or educate me feel free to no the xrp army hate me already and uh i just think like why invest in your demise you're investing in the in the build out of a central bank digital currency which is going to ruin your life <laughs> fair enough yeah well that kind of contrast with myself i mean i just I, I just i don't know enough about it that's one big thing i've learned man over the over the last four years is you need to niche down really like to, to really understand something well. You, you need to block out all the shit noise and all the all the other crap coins and the bad projects and, you know, come back to the fundamentals of, of what blockchain is and the two biggest assets obviously being Ethereum and, and Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, no, there's so much going on. You can't keep up with, with everything. You can you can only have a basic understanding of everything and then, as you say, try and niche down and, and, and specialize. Um, we were chatting there I was asking where 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 you a homeowner because things are getting harder and harder and harder for people that are be, behind me and behind you possibly you're in, I'm in my forties you're in your thirties. Um, I I was mentioning the article and you said you'd only made a bit of content about it that something like eight out of ten young people don't think they 
they are ever going to be able to own a home. And, and when you look at the wages to cost of the asset, you know, you can do basic math and go, yeah, they're dead right. They're not going to be able to afford this. What's your take on that? Like, yeah, it's it's a it's a great topic of conversation. I've done a, quite a bit of content on this, so anyone who's listening, feel free to tip over to my in- Instagram channel. Um, you know, I I pull figures essentially back from I went from my my generation back in the eighties and the prices of houses and how they've increased and where they should could be around, you know, accommodating for the rates of inflation and, you know, a property back then off the top of my head now I should remember the script but it's you know they were in and around sixty k, and now adjusted for inflation that same property should be in and around 156 160 and you know you're still getting a huge return on you know your roi is still quite high but they're not the house is 300k you know so you could say even if you give yourself a margin of 150 percent profit off the original investment back in you know when you bought it back in the 80s whatever i mean the wage gap is so big that the wages haven't accommodated for that jump and so it's it's very, very, very difficult to buy a property now with the average house in Ireland now being 300K and the average salary being 45, 47K. It's it's very, very difficult. You know, they're just basically off pure maths. So yeah, it's it's a tough time to kind of be, be a millennial, to be honest. God help the Gen Zs and, and the, uh, what's the other name for the even younger generation coming before them but it's just it's you know they're not being set up for success right at the gate um yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of scary i suppose for everybody and that was one of the biggest things man that really not just crypto but really made me want to understand money you know i'd like to think you know I, I'm, I'm successful enough I've, I've worked really hard to get where, I, where i've gotten um had a vision on where I wanted my career to go. I always wanted to work in tech. And to be honest, coming from a small town like Kilkenny, like if you told me that I was going to be working with, you know, some of the biggest tech companies in the world, I just wouldn't have believed you. I didn't have that confidence as a, as a young fella. But as I got older, I was like, no, this is going to happen. And I put steps in, in plan to make it happen. And now that I'm here, the reality hit me, you know, two, two and a half years ago when I was looking at a property and I, you know, you know, I'd be on, I'm on a solid wage, you know. I've been in the in the company for seven years, and I, I'm I'm a I manage a global um team, and I'm, I'm barely able to afford a property, like barely able to, and that's including equity from the company, you know, good salary, a lot of perks to tech, and that that was the moment that I was like, holy shit, like you have to have something else, like you, it's just it's just not enough to save your money, um, I was fooled, to be honest. I was fooled into thinking that, you know, I don't understand too preachy here that I'm saying this, but it's like, save, 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 get a job. That's it. That doesn't work now. That that works for a different generation at a different time when there was different wage uh, wages according to the rate of inflation. And, you know, anyone that's listening out there who is struggling, who's thinking, Jesus, like, I, I've, you know, I'm not doing good enough. I can't, I can't get a house. That's, it's actually not your fault. It genuinely is not your fault. It's, uh, I'm not too politically, you know, educated, not a master on politics, but I do understand the fundamentals of how money works. And all I can say is kind of understand the fundamental principles of how money works, how central banks work, and you'll kind of understand why it's not your fault. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, because if you think rationally and this house I'm sitting in, like it's worth hundreds of thousands more than it cost me to build it. 
I've only wrecked it. Ask my wife. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, it's I've lived in it. I've made it dirty. You know, it, it doesn't make rational sense that it should be worth all this m extra money than it cost me to build it. It's like an, a rational thinking person would say, like, if you have something and you consume it and you use it, it's going to go down in value. But it's, uh, it, I suppose, where, where we get fooled is, is that the house is still the house. It's the, the unit of account. The euro is just what's bleeding value. Um, and it's always bled value since we went to a full fiat standard. But the way I see it is, it's like a hurdle rate and it's getting harder and harder and harder. Okay. So I had a hurdle rate, you know, I'm in my forties, your hurdle rate was harder than mine. Okay. But someone in their twenties, their hurdle rate is, and you, you know, yourself, you have a good job. You work hard, you know, you put in a grind and still you struggle to get on that property ladder. Whereas someone in their twenties, what are they going to need to be? They're going to need to be like in the top 1% of the 1% of careers to be able to get on that. And that's why I think most young people are like, we can't afford a house. We're going to have to leave Ireland. Another thing I've seen, I don't know, did you see this, but in terms of wealth, Ireland is meant to be, you know, one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Where's all the money? <laughs> Where's it going? <laughs> the roads are in crap. The health service is a joke. You know, and it's, it's been that way all my life. And I'm not bashing on people who work in the health service. I think... They do an outstanding job, but the resources and the they're being squeezed and worked harder and harder and harder. Like it's just, is it that, is it the money's fault? Is is it a politician's fault? Is it a combination? Who knows? Yeah, it's, good. It's, it's 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 a good good question, and it's a combination of all really. And you know, I suppose the only thing you can control, right, is your is your education. So a lot of this stuff is is kind of out of your hands, as as you said. You know, like whether it's the central bank printing loads of money or the politicians not fixing the roads, but <laughs> One thing you can you, you can do, and me and you are doing it, and I I really hope you know people listen to this podcast. Uh, well, they probably are because they're into into what we're into crypto. But you do have a little bit of hope, and it's it's funny because when I started getting into crypto, like went crypto. But when I started getting into, into crypto, you know, back really hardcore jumping into the end of two thousand nineteen, um, you know, I was jumping in for you know obviously I was I was being drawn in from like the crypto bro side you know I was to be straight you know I'm like gains this is great I I, I wanted on this, then I started to discover NFTs and I started really understanding and got educated and certified in a few of the fundamentals of crypto you know including Bitcoin um introduction to crypto, and that's kind of when I really got even more confident and I find you probably might find this too but I find the more I jump into crypto specifically Bitcoin, really, I suppose, and Ethereum, the more confident I get in it because it, it really is genuinely a, a bit of hope at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, again, not to get too deep on it, but, you know, something that has a fixed supply that's instantly transferable at the snap of a finger that's borderless, trustless. No, there's no stress, man. There's there's nobody that can go in and, and tamper with it. There's nobody that can go in and, you know, change the numbers or take it off you and has to kick down your front door. It's, it's, and the way we're going with um, these digital currencies too, not that I'm too up on them. I'm trying to get up on to speed on, on them, to be honest, but you know, it sounds like we're, we're going to need it now more than ever, to be honest. Um, so that is the good thing about crypto. And there is a little bit of hope. So, you know, if you are millennium Gen Z, get educated genuinely and, and, you know, work with someone like yourself, Dinny, or whoever you feel confident to work with, 
but you know don't don't waste time i would say you know try and invest in yourself a little bit and get the fundamentals under your belt now when the prices of everything are down when the economy is not in a great space you know these are the times really when when you can make life-changing decisions and i know everyone says that but it's actually true you know so yeah, the hard the hard times is when you, you stimulate it. Um, a fellow says to me, Dinny, I was consulting today, what are you going to do? Um, you know, what are you going to do in the next 10 years? And, and, you know, I've been thinking about this a good bit for a while, but certainly more so with, with that, a lot of the, the thing around the, the AI, the chat GBT. And I was like, well, most of our jobs are going to go away in this decade. Like they really are. I know we've talked about this for decades, it seems, but when things change they change fast and uh, so whether people are ready or not like the world is going to change it's going to change so fast and so rapidly and careers that we thought were steady state careers that we can add just go into that won't exist in 20 years time so it's all right if you're in your 50s or your 60s you know world's probably going to just plod on and you'll be retired but if you're in your 20s or or 30s like you're you know, and even 40s, I suppose, we're going to see massive change in the world and steady jobs that we we think are steady jobs won't exist in 10 years time. And they'll just be a memory because an AI will be doing them much easier. And uh, even when I was thinking about that, I think that being able to work with your hands for a short period of time, that's going to be a valuable skill again, because AI, AI will replace, and this is just my thing, and I'd love to hear your take, it's going to replace all the software type jobs first before it has sophistication to be in the manufacturing with you know the skilled manufacturing i suppose so for a time perhaps being able to work with your hands will be uh will, will be a good asset and a lot of people have you know that's a dying skill we don't have apprentices anymore all the building trades can't get staff we're trying to bring people in from other countries uh so perhaps you know it's thinking outside the boxes is almost taking a step back um what's your take on on on, on ai and, and and all the developments there yeah, I think what you said is basically nail on the head. It's spot on. And the irony of AI was, you know, when when AI started to develop, you know, 10, 10, 15 years ago, I mean, proper like AI, like as we know it now, a supercomputer computing. I know AI is around a long time before that, but everyone thought, you know, it was going to be the the the, the truck driver is going to be replaced and, and the, the worker man is going to be replaced. We get robots in to do it. And the irony is it's completely the opposite. It's actually the, the the creatives that are being replaced, and the copywriters. You can write songs with AI now. It's it's the graphic designers. It's it's the it's the complete other other end of the scale. And you're dead right. And it's actually moving down now through coding. Engineers are starting to be re- replaced. ChatGPT can spit out code. Like I mean, that's insane. So you're spot on. I think actually being able to work with your hands is is going to become the new set of millionaires, to be honest, I think, because like, as you said, there's not many people going into it. The less people are working in a specific industry that enables you to dictate the prices. So carpenters, people that work with steel, um, any sort of physical engineering, like going out to sea, mining, all those physical roles, they're going to be able to kind of, you know, dictate, I guess, or set their own prices. And the irony there is that like, go to college, get a master's, get a PhD. And now your PhD, if you did it in copywriting, not that it's funny, I suppose, but just the irony mm-hmm. of it, I guess, you know, it's it's totally gone the other way. Um, I'm sure it probably was similar for yourself, but when I was coming up, you know, it was only frowned upon not to go to college and just, you know, something wrong with you if you didn't go to college. And realistically, 
most young entrepreneurs that are making serious money are, are the people not going to college and they're actually starting their own businesses and um, whether it be with their hands or providing a service. So yeah, it's, it's your spot on there. AI is flipped the world on its head and not the way everyone thought it was going to be flipped. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never went to college. I was lucky because I'd have just messed around for three years. I went and done a trade <laughs> apprenticeship, which was, which was kind of good as well. Um, well, it was good, but uh, it suited me better. Um, but yeah, no, friends of mine who have building companies now are just saying, we can't get the young lads anymore. And it's gas. Like back in my day of the apprentice, it was, it was apparently you can't beat the apprentice, apprentices up anymore. But back in my day, like as an apprentice, you had a hard time. But like, didn't do us any harm. <laughs> oh, yeah, my, my dad was a builder, you know, for his entire career. He does, he trains horses now. But yeah, I, I was on many a building site and, you know, my dad running the company, like you think you'd get it soft, but it got it worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, you know, you got, you got all the hard jobs and the abuse. So it was, it was a tough one, but it's a great, I tell you one thing, like doing physical work, um, it's some way to train your mind and just value money. I think it, that's another thing that I think this gen- next generation coming up with their, are starting to, uh, not get exposed to, which is, which is not great. And even myself working in tech, to be honest, like, you know, and I actually edited the videos, as you mentioned earlier on, um, you know, instead of writing emails all day, maybe responding to doing invoices and stuff. It's it's nice to do something physical, even though that's not physical, right? It's digital, but like I'm still physically mm, yeah. make, making a piece of content. But you know, you, you can't beat though going out doing a bit of bit of physical work, and that's that's why I love going to the gym as well. You know, you, you feel like you've done something, even though it's just for your your body. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. No, I agree with that 100. Like you know, even cutting the grass, like it's yeah. you start it, you finish it, the job is done. Wash the car. Uh, yeah, no, there is a there is a lot to be said for that. And I've worked with my hands for years, fabricating steel work. Uh, parts of it I enjoyed, parts of it I hated, but I did get that. You know, at the end of the day, you felt good. You felt like I've done a hard graft there now. Um, I deserve to sit in the chair and be like, oh, geez, that's grand. Give me a cup of tea there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you just feel honest. And, and it's funny, like, you know, like, oh, you know, not, not to bring everything back to crypto, but I, I feel the same now with, with, with finance too. And I know we talked about this in my podcast, but, um, a great sense of accomplishment, man. When you when you have the a crypto wallet there, whether it be in your safe or or you know in a lockup, and and you know that you physically done the work to take that offline, you physically, digitally <laughs> hold it, and um, that's a good good feeling too. You know to be able to take control of your own finances. I know you talked about it, but you know there's there's a lot to be said for teaching the man to fish as opposed to just handing your money over to someone else to do it for you. That is a hundred percent. I only messaged a girl today and I said, investing is, is about information, not money. It is though. Like, it's not just about, I'm going to be an investor and I'm going to put, you know, and I was trying to encourage her to consume information. A lot of information is going to mean whether you're successful or not, not how much money you start with or not how fast you get the money into something. What should I buy, Danny? Steve, should I buy this crypto? I'm sure you get it as well. Like no one's going to get ahead with that of just tell me what to do. They're just looking for the shortcut. And, um, you know, but it, information is, is really cool. Uh, I want to get into NFTs. What is an NFT for someone who doesn't really understand them? <laughs> an NFT is a digital certificate that's authenticated um, on the blockchain for an, for an asset or a thing. For me, there's a lot of different applications for NFTs, but for anyone listening to the easiest way to process and understand a digital uh, NFT is a digital collectible. And so I have collected quite a few digital collectibles 
which are basically digital statues released from famous brands such as Marvel, Spider-Man, DC, Star Wars, all the stuff I loved as a as a, as, a, as a kid and adult. <laughs> but my favorite brands, and I find that the easiest way to process what an NFT is, is, is a digital collectible that's verified and authenticated using blockchain, blockchain technology that wasn't around previously to be able to verify that you own a digital asset. So that's basically what an NFT was. I don't know, hopefully that landed with some people out there. Yeah. And how do they, how might they fit into the future? Yeah. So there's so many different ways. I suppose the, 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 the top six ways would probably be, you know, on the Ethereum net, we, we, we use what's, what's known as smart contracts, which are essentially a smart contract is like, let's say you go to watch a hurling match at Crow Park, right? And you say, right, I want to go get a point. And you take your money, you walk over to the bar, you hand your money to the person behind the bar. They take the money, they count it, they go over and get you your point, and they bring it back to you. So what a smart contract does is it's like an ATM. Sorry, it's like a uh, vending machine. So you get your money, you go over to the vending machine, put your money in the vending machine, and let's say it throws out a can of beer. It's an automated service that basically it's code that automates processes. So there's a lot of applications for smart contracts in NFTs, like such as maybe taking physical items and tokenizing them on the blockchain. So we've, we've seen this with property, for example, there's been a few sales of property using NFTs. And so the NFT and the smart contract within that NFT would represent the physical assets in real life. So that's, that system, you can kind of process that can be used across pretty much I wouldn't say every industry in the world, but there's certainly industries in the world where you can see this working. Like, let's say anything got to do with legal. Air air travel, for example. Let's say your flights got cancelled, a smart contract automates your refund. Anything in retail where you maybe need a refund. There's the digital collectible side of things. There's membership as well. Another big as- aspect of NFTs is holding an NFT that grants access or authentication to something, whether it be physical or online. Um, digital collectibles, I think <laughs> of another one. There's one other one, but it's escaping me, but they're, they're the main ones. But toy, right. toys, toys, I think are going to be huge. You know, that I think that sector is, that's where I'm focused. My, my 100% focus, again, even in the NFT space, you know, you, you can't know everything about everything. So my niche is digital collectibles, where the future of toys is going and how the blockchain is using, sorry, how toys are using blockchain technology to verify officially licensed products from the biggest brands that we that we all know that are all experimenting and building inside on the blockchain, their own metaverses where they can tokenize their own brands, their own products and license them and sell them. And they're all verified using the Ethereum blockchain. Very good. Um. Now, the Bitcoin Maximus will be like telling me going, why does it need to be on a blockchain, Dinny? What, how would you answer that? Why, you know, rather than just a database, what's the advantage of, of it being on a, on a blockchain? Yeah, it's a, it's a good, good point. And I suppose in the collecting world anyway, um, you know, they're transferable. I get a lot of similarities to Bitcoin, to be fair. They're transferable. They don't get damaged. That's a huge one for, you know, the, the collectible market toys. If you think of Pokemon cards, if you think of baseball cards if you think of any sort of really high profile collectible item watches even to a degree you know once you move those assets verifiable they're licensed on the blockchain you don't get damaged easy transfer 
Um, they're very quick to transfer. How do they not get damaged? What do you mean by that? Sorry. Well, if you have a physical Pokemon card and it's worth, I just actually was just watching a video before this. The guy had like ten million worth of Pokemon cards, um, but they can get damaged. They can get, you know, the card can get destroyed. You could, you could lose the card. You could, you could get water damage, whatever it may be, and actually get destroyed. That's why in in comics and Pokemon cards and any sort of collectible cards, they're all graded. So okay. you know the grading then dictates the value. Um, again, even in that collecting system, again, I mean, that's my niche. Even in the collecting system, you have to use a, a third party, party intermediary to actually go and grade your card. And even that takes up to two years to get something graded. So having this on the blockchain, um, you know, solves a lot of these problems for collectors. So would this be instead of having the physical cards, we have a digital card instead? So, the, you know, the physical sort of get phased out and we value the digital so they get moved around and they don't get damaged. Exactly, yeah. So, so my bike area kind of area of expertise and experience would be just in, in comics. Not that I'm a comic expert, but uh, I do like collecting, you know, the, the comic side of stuff. So, we've seen, you know, uh, Amazing Spider-Man one, uh, Amazing Fantasies fifteen, which is the first ever appearance of Spider-Man. We've seen the first appearance of Thor. All these iconic comics that released back in sixty two, sixty three, sixty five. <clears throat> these are all million dollar comics. Some of them, you know, some of the five hundred K for the, the rarest ones in good condition, they're all being re-released now on the blockchain from Disney and Marvel. Um, and the, these are the kind of items that people are starting to collect, the, the digital version. And ironically, what's actually happening now is because you're where these comics are being released in digital format, in NFT digital collectible format, they're actually bringing a lot of attention back to the physical comics. <laughs> the physical comics are actually, they're actually going up even, even, even more. And and this is a you know this is an important thing to to kind of take on board for for anyone's listening and kind of going that's mental it doesn't make any sense why would you want any sort of digital comic or collectible on the blockchain you know the the physical comics are are so popular and and to some people in the collecting space anyway these rare items are are the Lamborghini or they are the Bugatti and and that's what they spend their money on you know if you look at musicians like. I love rock music and and Corey Taylor from Slipknot, like a massive Star Wars collector. He's like hundreds of thousands of euro worth of Star Wars stuff. And, you know, I was on TikTok the other day and I saw Andrew Tate pop up with um, some guy in Dubai. Before he got arrested, he was living in Dubai and the Dubai guy is like, brings him into his house. Let me show you this room, opens the vault and boom, they're all, they're all the comics that I have the first appearance on the blockchain version. He's the physical ones and he pulls out one of them and, you know, 3.4 million for a comic. Like it's, it's... Wow. No, we're getting a shot. Like we're getting a shot here at, at, at owning some of these first appearance, first licensed uh, NFT versions from these same brands. And you know, I wasn't around in 1962 to get a shot at that. So, you know, I'm gonna jump in now and 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 take my shot with it. Realistically, we live in a digital first era right now. And the sorry, the generation coming behind us live in a digital first era. And you have to take this into account. When you think of Bitcoin, you think of Ethereum and digital assets and goods and, and, and products, that that's their standard now. And that's realistically probably going to be the standard moving forward. Yeah, no, you're spot on there. Um, even in the gym, when you see all the young lads, they're so bad into the phone. They have to look at it between every set and everything. And, and you're just like, Jesus, what will they be like in 10 years? It'll be in them like, I suppose. You know, we joke about that, but yeah, I love that's the glass. Fun. The big glasses, yeah, that's it. And the other side of some of these collectibles are, and NFTs are there, they have that augmented reality built built in, that feature built in, you know. Um, 
And then if you think of where, you know, Apple are going, you think of where Microsoft are going and where Meta are going, they're all working on augmented reality glasses, not VR headsets, augmented reality reality glasses. Um, and you, I guarantee you, in 10 years, you're going to be thinking, how did I operate without that? Yeah, but, yeah. Steve, you know, would you give us a little explanation of AR, just for anyone who's not familiar with it, just a sort of over really simple version? Yeah, cool. So augmented reality is is basically images and graphics being presented and predicted presented in your real life now. So you put you put on the glasses and maybe you have an extended desktop on front of you, or you get like a notifications pop up in front of you in reality. So it's kind of you're not like sucked away in VR. VR is more like a hundred percent immersive experience where you're wearing a world. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 totally immersive. Like AR is being used in Intel. It's been used in Microsoft where I know in Intel, for example, they have AR glasses and even some car companies where you put the engineers put the glasses on and they're being shown what to do while they're, wow, wearing, okay. while they're wearing the glasses, you know, but they're physically in reality working on the car. So AR is a combination of the physical and virtual together. VR is, is really like an immersive experience where you're really in the virtual reality elements. Now you could argue that using the, the games and toys is kind of in reality, but it's not really like, you know, it's not like you can drive a car in VR. You could potentially wear AR glasses and have Google Maps in front of you direct to you. So very good. Yeah. Thanks for giving us that little explanation of the two. Um you mentioned you're very much sort of Bitcoin and Ethereum. They're what you're most interested in or what you sort of specialize on. Um sorry, before I leave NFTs, I just wanted to ask you. So would you you are picking up NFTs that you think this is my shot. This is a first of its kind for something that's a brand or that collectors are, are interested in. So they're actual investment assets for you. For me, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I suppose I'm, I'm lucky to have kind of gotten into, you know, collecting from a very young age and even, even beside me here, I have a whole set of guitars that I, I've, that are very rare guitars. So, I understand collecting, you know, I understand what, what makes things collectible and how scarce the effects the mindset, you know, just from just doing it myself. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I can see where these are going to go. And because I'm immersed in that space, I'm, I follow a lot of the top physical collectors and they're all starting to get in, you know, and, and invest in capital into some of these assets because it makes sense. It just, to me, it makes sense. It just, I, I can see, as you said, like in the gym, everyone's stuck to their phones. We're digital um, we're digital thinking generation coming behind us. And I genuinely think AR is, is really going to change the game because if you can read your, your comic in AR right in front of you without having to carry it around you and you know it's like the first appearance, that's some flex. I mean, you can't do that with a great comic. It's sealed. It's, you can't open, as soon as you open a seal, it loses all its value. Essentially, you send it off again. You could damage it. So yeah, I, I just see just that generation wanting these products, I guess. The other side of that as well is like, I mean, some of these are, are already selling for insane. I just, before I came on, I just I did, did a story there, but these comics are dropping for 10, 7 euro, 20 euro, three sold this week for 10 grand each. Wow. I don't even know. I know what the X return on that is, but it's like they are selling and, and these comics are way down. I mean, there's this rare uh, DC, uh, sorry, not DC. Um, oh God, what's it around? Totally pulling blank. Um, there's there's rare comics that are going for, that were going for in the bull market, hundred k, 
well, 8k these are 10 euro and this is in a this is in a in a, in a two-year time frame now obviously massive hype massive speculation influencers pumping them all that stuff but i mean they're still going for you know 10k i mean that's obviously a massive drop but um unfortunately that's just across across the board in the space but i think in that space specifically people are so passionate about these things that it's unless you're in it you, you probably wouldn't really understand it but everybody has their own passion that you really really love whether it's watches cars digital collect or physical collectibles comics you know whatever it is so I don't know. To me, it just it just makes sense. I, I just I just get it, you know, as a collector myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. You've 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 got the experience to you know to understand the mindset, and you're just putting the digital spin on it and positioning yourself. Um, what's the crack with Bitcoin? I'm like not Bitcoin maxi, but I certainly do. That's pretty much all I talk about. <laughs> I'm focused on. Um, how do you see Bitcoin's sitting it sitting into our future? You, you mentioned you're you're pretty full on and into Bitcoin. How do you see it changing the world, or have you thought about it much? Yeah, I, I, I you know, Bitcoin for me is 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 amazing scarcity, digital scarcity. Um, yeah, like there's there's two kind of main ways. I think most you know crypto people view crypto or view Bitcoin, where they're kind of there's an opinion that it's going to totally change the financial system. And then the other side of it is maybe you just kind of hold it because it's, it's like digital gold and it's a store of value. I'm kind of in the middle. I know it has the capabilities and the technology to maybe potentially be used as a world reserve currency. But I do feel that Bitcoin was designed more as a store of value, even though it can do a medium of an exchange. I feel it's the digital gold. So, you know, each Bitcoin can be broken up into a hundred different hundred million Satoshis. So you could use it maybe on the Lightning Network as a reserve uh, global currency. But for me, I feel it's more of a store value, uh, digital gold. Yeah. It's on, uh, everything is a scale, I think. You know, and I don't think I'm going to see Bitcoin reach its end goal. I think if Bitcoin continues, it can only, it's, it's binary is how I see it. So I see it as being, it's either a success, meaning it eats everything in the world, that everything is priced in Bitcoin, um, or for some reason it fails. I don't think anyone can kill it at this stage. Eh, maybe not, who knows? But no, I don't think anyone can kill Bitcoin at this stage. I can't see how that can happen. Um, so I think it just trends to eventually engulf everything. Because when you have absolute scarcity, absolute scarcity will consume everything because nothing can challenge absolute scarcity. So yeah, digital gold first. And then uh, digital property, and then store value assets, which are like your guitars and everything, and they just have utility value. But like it's that takes a shift, doesn't it? And and like you're gonna look at them and go, nah, but I like them. And then I'm just thinking this through this in my head. But you like them, and there's thousands of people that like them. So will there still be a collector's market in the physical? maybe until all those people who live in the physical world die off and the generations who behind us who are um can't remember what word you use digital immersed or something you know and that they're digital first until they come on but you know again that's why i think it's just a timeline you know over 500 years bitcoin has consumed everything and um, perhaps but i probably won't see that although i try to keep myself a bit healthy <laughs> i don't know if i can do 500 years <laughs> 
<laughs> Go on, Denny, we'll try. <laughs> yeah, yeah but... I, I, I do agree. I mean, like, it's there's not a lot of. Um, I see. I don't think Bitcoin can be killed, and and you know, I'm going to go come at this from a logistic or a reality sort of tech background from it. So so I'm lucky enough to have have exposure for working in tech in the last twelve years, and like I I know from experience how long it takes for things to kind of be adopted at the tech level. Like for you know, for example, maybe I'll give you a perfect example. The emojis on Microsoft Teams, they took, I think, two years to get them to put them in. Now, you might think, geez, that's, that should have been done day one. But, you know, things take a long time. So th- that's a long takes to do an emoji. So, like, I understand, you know, we're 14 years into Bitcoin, but we're not really. Like, it just takes so long, man, for, for tech to, be, to catch up. And so I think Bitcoin is still so new and so alien to a lot of people that really like it's it's only going to get stronger and i suppose the point the real point is for anything to catch up to that you know you bitcoin's a 14 year lead there and my my own just experience in seeing on how tech the tech side moves and how slow the time frames are you know i i can't really see anything passing out bitcoin in terms of you know i i can only see it getting stronger and stronger and stronger and it's it's kind of what you said um in a longer way <laughs> Yeah, it's um, yeah, um, talk to us a little bit about Steve Teaches Crypto. Mm. Tell us what you're at, man. You're at some good stuff. Ah, oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I suppose education is key, isn't it, to understand most things in life. So, um, yeah, I'm essentially making, making, I'm working on a course at the moment to try and help educate people and move into the crypto space and not have to go through the unfortunate experience that I have when you do what 90% of people that come to me or 90% of people that I know is where you lump some, buy a load of cryptocurrency of a specific project. Maybe it's Ethereum, maybe it's AVAX. You drop four or 500 quid in on a specific day, at a specific time, goes down 60%. You start freaking out, you start selling out of positions and you end up losing not just your money, but getting um, head wrecked and turned off crypto and getting stressed and emotionally just all over the shop. So, my whole goal really is to take, you know, to prevent that from happening with people with guidance, education uh, and support. And that's that's really what my my content's all about. Yeah, no, your content is savage. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm uh, I'm learning it and I encourage everyone to go and give you a follow or if they're on uh, TikTok, find you out. I'll have to get on TikTok myself. I keep saying it, but I'm already on too many, too many social medias. No, it's yeah. all right, man. It's uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, like you say, just with crypto, with social medias, I'm like, you can't be on them all, but you probably do need to be on them all, or it's probably good to be on as many as you can because attention is the currency, attention is the value, isn't it? In this day and age, or for this decade, it has been anyway. Um, before we, we we finish up, just wanted to get your take on Ethereum a little bit. Then, what is it that attracts you to to Ethereum, or? why bitcoin and ethereum or how do you see the two of them differently yeah i suppose i i differentiate um ethereum and bitcoin very very simply really um bitcoin would be the digital gold it's the store of value it does that best and ethereum is the digital oil so ethereum is a cryptocurrency that allows other projects to build on top of it 
And Ether, which is the token that moves on the Ethereum network, powers all these applications like oil powers machinery and the industrial industry. So oil, like Ethereum, is a store of value as well. So it's a medium of exchange as well. So, you know, it, it, there's a lot of similarities there. And, and that that's the easiest and most simplistic way I can get my brain around the differences between. And so I see the value there. I see the amount of innovation, the amount of companies building on the Ethereum network, building companies, building products, building services. Um, they're all ERC-20 tokens-based uh, projects. So for me, that's kind of why I'm, I'm so into Ethereum. And a lot of the NFT projects, if not all my favorite ones anyway, they're built on Ethereum. I know there's other ones on some of the other layer one, layer two contract, uh, smart contract platforms. But for me, I think Ethereum is the way forward. All the biggest brands I like, all the biggest companies I like, they're all building on um, Ethereum. You know, Disney, Adidas, Nike. Um, who else? There's, 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 there's so many other companies. Coca-Cola. Um, they're all building products. Lamborghini. They're all building products on, on the Ethereum blockchain or layer two crypto projects that build on top of the Ethereum network. So for me, it's it's a it's a chance. I, I hate saying this, but everyone says this. It's it's genuinely like a chance to hold nearly what the equivalent would be of like buying a piece of the internet. That that's simply how I see it. Right, very good. And then so your investment strategy, basically, because you uh, you understand collectibles, you're searching out digital collectible NFTs that you're willing to hold for certain amount of time who knows a long time or a short time uh, and and do you have a, a strategy then with crypto tokens with bitcoin accumulation to supplement that yeah exactly I, i'm nearly crypto first and then an nft sec second because okay a little bit more speculative um and one of the main um applications or nft stores that i actually purchased from it's a centralized store so little bit of risk there you know with in terms of it being centralized so i'm much heavier on the crypto sides so yeah I, but i i do have um accumulation strategies i have investment strategies uh some of actually which are going to be in in the course i'm going to be releasing but the combination of um dollar cost averaging and then uh, uh lssf i think is my term it's like lump sum set forget so it's a, it's a and bottom uh cost averaging which is trying to you know average buy at the bottoms and kind of being able to identify when that when those bottoms are in, which is very, very difficult. Not a technical analysis expert, more of a emotion and gut. But yeah, so I, I do have a um, accumulation strategy. But for the most part, you know, you average buying is just the safest, um, the safest way to kind of accumulate crypto in my own experience. <clears throat> and especially in, in time now when like everything's down 60%. It's just it's unreal. It's it's my God, if, if we all did this. Back in 2017, maybe you did, but or even 2019, man. What am I saying? Even three, two years ago, like, um, it's insane. I did a video recently, you know, and sometimes I make so much content. You probably might experience this too. You kind of forget like how mental stuff is. Like, if you bought Ethereum right two years ago, man, and you put a thousand euro in, you'd be you had an opportunity to get out for a month over a month period, 25, 32x. Wow. In two years, like, and sometimes I kind of forget that, you know, when you go down the rabbit hole of creating content and you're dealing with a load of bullshit comments online and you kind of get sucked in and what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, and yeah. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Stick to this plan, you know, this life-changing opportunity here. And yeah, I just, it's such an exciting place to be. Stressful, but sometimes, but depending on your, your strategy.
Yeah, and 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 like that, uh, as you mentioned earlier, the whole crypto bro thing. I think that's how we all get sucked in. It's like, hey, you're gonna make easy money, then you get fucking, <laughs> you get wrecked, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. you, you you either you either you either leave and say that crypto thing is a scam, or you educate, you know, because you pay either way, either pay by losing your money or you pay someone to teach you. Um, I sort of didn't get wrecked too bad. I sort of transitioned into, you know, I spent a lot of money on education to try and understands let someone else make the mistakes and waste their time as has always been my, my sort of strategy and uh but but we do all get attracted in for the the fast money side of things but as you say like i remember running figures on a, a 10 grand investment in bitcoin and ethereum and uh, in 2017 and i know someone who done this okay and um it was like 3.3 million now this is probably in the bull market so maybe it's only a million or something now i can't remember when i done it but that was just by buying and holding and doing nothing. Now, this person, unfortunately, didn't do that. They traded the market and have, has nothing to show for it after all this time. And, and it was those lessons and the lessons of all the great investors, patience. And you just buy things that are scarce, that you think are scarce or are going to be scarce in the future. If everyone thinks they're scarce or if everyone's looking for them, well, then they're not scarce. That's how you know a good investment. If everyone's, everyone is doing it, it's probably not a good investment. When no one's doing it, or people are laughing at you for doing it. Well, you know, that's my sort of spider senses that I, I, I'm sort of on the right track because I don't like that. I've gone through in my life over the, the years um, that being a little bit fringe or out there or not understood or what are you at, Danny? You know, you recognize that feeling. And I find with, with Bitcoin and thinking about it like a pension and that people are just like, you know, especially traditionalists are just like, what are you talking about chap sure it's just to get rich quick you buy it today you sell it tomorrow when are you going to sell all the bitcoin like next year it's like you don't get it when you really get bitcoin you realize you're probably never going to sell it like you know it's just something you hold forever exactly yeah and look i suppose the only way you know to deal with those people really is just kind of nearly empathize with them you know because it it, it is a lot to take on you know it just yeah. is especially in rural ireland jesus as soon as you go outside dublin like you're like what Bit? what's this shite like you know, and, and I I get it. Like, you know, I suppose me and you're lucky. We kind of saw it quick and, you know, working in tech for myself definitely helped. You know, we spoke the last day, but you read that. Um, oh, I have it up there. That amazing book by Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read that recently. So, you know, you had all these perspectives that other people don't have. So, yeah, it's like it's like the fitness game, too. You know, you have kind of people coming in that are kind of be a little bit uneducated and all they need is a little bit of guidance. And they go, oh, shit. So that's how a calorie deficit works. And it sounds obvious, but. A lot of people don't actually know, you know, so it's, yeah, I can run empathize with people and, um, but sometimes it gets annoying, doesn't it? <laughs> people are burned the air off you. <laughs> For a time there, you probably get this. I used to like screenshot all the hate comments <laughs> and then a friend of mine who's, you know, a bit older than me, a bit wiser was just like, you know, I was like, I'm going to screenshot all these and then like five years, I'm going to be like, I'm going to send it to them. And he's like, Tinny, what are you at? You idiot. Just ignore or block. And that's what I do now instead of, or, or I'd be responding. Like, I'm like, I'm going to convince this person. And then it's like, suddenly I've lost an hour on a Saturday night where I should be just enjoying the evening with my wife or something. I'm having a war on a Facebook post or something like that. Oh, <laughs> I've actually screenshot it on mine as well, but I'm going to do a reaction video eventually at some point. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's <laughs> some bit. The funniest comments I get, man. What's the funniest ones there? Like they're not even that funny, but just this are the are the tax ones. 
They're like, yeah, but you have to pay 33% tax on it. Yeah. Like, it's still up like 25 grand. Like, it doesn't <laughs> make any sense. I you say to yeah, I, I always tell people like when they ask me about the tax, and people always ask about the tax before they even buy the thing. And it's like, cross your fingers. I hope to God revenue are looking for 10 million from you or 5 million or at least a million because you get to keep the other two thirds, you know, so you should want to pay the most tax. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous opinion ever. Like, oh, we should pay tax on it. Yeah, but I'm still up like thousands. What, is, yeah. what, what are you talking about? Like, it doesn't make, and it's lower than your income tax. So like, really, shut up. Like, yeah yeah no people create mad problems it's just i think we all do that like when something's new we're just looking for a reason we've got this confirmation bias that oh it's wrong it's a scam i missed it i just need to find one thing to convince me that i'm right you know and that's what i find um a lot of us suffer from and um i recognize it myself sometimes but i think i i'm pretty good at being okay with being wrong and looking like an idiot i think you can't be successful if you're not prepared to look like an idiot or you can't be successful if you're not prepared to to put yourself out there which means you're going to be wrong sometimes you're going to do silly things sometimes but you're also going to do big things sometimes and uh yeah and that's always been my strategy so yeah i've no problem with, <laughs> with uh, look, the look, man, I, I've, I've put out videos on tiktok with the wrong fucking numbers like you know i made a mistake and like all right i did the wrong calculation i'm sorry like you know <laughs> Happens, you know what I mean? Sometimes you can't be perfect. Yeah. I mean, oh, this is this is life. But I, I was I was going to ask you a question. Just I really want to get your thoughts on this. Just um, like I know, like like you're you're becoming Diddy. Like you go, it's it's a pension strategy, which is fantastic and amazing, and something I've I've done with my own mom. Um, I ordered her harder wallet for her last weekend. Got the Bitcoin orange ledger, colored one. But, uh, what's where do you stand on kind of the? The opportunities in the three to five short term time period, like you know, we were talking about 2020 to 2021 of the next year, you know, 32, 3,300 percent profit opportunities there with you know the second biggest crypto. Do, do you have a strategy for kind of three to five years, or is it just kind of all all along for yourself? Um, I have like I've got you know, I've got my Bitcoin strategy, I own some Ether, and then I own some other stuff. Very low percentages. The other stuff, I have sort of numbers on them that when they hit it, and that's what I've done in 2020, if they hit these numbers, I sell them. You know, so you're able to get a bit of cash out of it. And, and, and this is where I think some people are very much like, I'm very much Bitcoin. But as well as that, my job is to make money. Okay, now you can hate the system we're in. Okay, and you can be full on Bitcoin maximalist and, and, and demonize anyone who touches anything. But you're not a Bitcoin maximalist because you're still using the euro. You know, you're still playing that game. You're still feeding that machine. Everyone has to. And 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 the thing with Bitcoin is, is I think in 10 years it can do amazing returns. Obviously, it depends how much you invest. Um, but you can take high risk, high return bets and do a lot in two years that it might take a Bitcoin maximalist 15 years to do. And the Bitcoin mas- maximalist might be dead in 15 years, you know, because none of us know how long we're going to live. So, you know, my, jo- my job is just to try and maximize the return. So, yeah, like I invest into 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 other things which are more shorter term plays. And I have other sort of assets as well that aren't crypto related and, you know, business as well. But I think this what I like to do is keep everything simple. What's the simplest way I can help someone? I can help them set up a plan like 
our strategies that we create are minimum four years. So I'm like, unless you're prepared to sit in this for four years, and then I'll get the question like, how much can I make a week? <laughs> I'm just like, all right, I send them the Rich Dad Poor Dad book and I say, you'll get this book free online because they won't want to pay for it because it'll be too expensive. You'll find it free on YouTube. Listen to that. This isn't for you. Like you don't understand investing. It's not, it's, this is the difference between someone who's an employee and I've been both. Okay. And it's not to take from either side of it, but employee expects to put an hour's work in and get a return for the hour. Whereas a business person expects to put an hour's work in and not get paid for that error. But they speculate that in the future in five years or a year or whatever, they'll get paid a lot more for the error. And that's the same with investing. It's not that you put your money in and it immediately starts to work. You put your money in, you have to be prepared to hold it and the returns aren't going to be consistent and they're not going to be uh, instantaneous you know, the best investments are the ones you hold the longest to sort of be in all the learnings I've had over the years. Um, and, and the most successful investors are the ones who hold the assets through the volatility and who bought them when no one else wanted them. And, and I sort of see Bitcoin like that, although it's not no one else wants it, but it's still a bit fringe, although we're going mainstream, it's still a bit fringe um, in that, you know, the bigs aren't in yet. But I think it's in the next two, three years, you know, a lot can happen. So although the plan might be a 10 year plan, it's like, I don't mind if we get it done in two years or three years, you know, if, if we hit the numbers that we want. <laughs> I like that. Actually. That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And I wish people, more people understood that, you know, genuinely, like from a good, from a, from an emotional perspective, you know, and because it, 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 it's, it's one of the biggest challenges, I think it's not just investing, but like, really with crypto is how to manage your emotions because um that that's what wrecks people you know they you only make a loss as they say when you when you hit that sell button you know and i know that sounds cheesy and stuff but it's, it's absolutely true if, if you can just not sell and understand what's happening and understand what you're, what's happening in your head yeah you know, that's what 99 percent of the time people cash out once you cash out you're out and and you you've you've, you've lost and you've been charged your trading fees so it's like you know, trying to control that and, and control your emotions and understand what's going on is, is a big part. And having support is huge too. Like people like yourself or myself, whoever it may be, I think that's huge. You know, it's such a big part of the fitness industry and you know this better than anyone. It's um it's having that kind of accountability and support backbone as well. And that's kind of what people like myself and yourself are trying to do because there is not, there's not a lot of that out there that you can go and even for me when I was starting, ask a question, you know, have access to someone and, and, and that's it. That goes a long way. Think about the bank. If you have a problem with the bank, you can just get someone on the other end of the phone. And I think that's what deters a lot of people from crypto is because there is nobody out there to ask. But, you know, we're here. There's other content creators out there too, providing services and, and education. So yeah, I think I think it's going to be a good future. I think it's probably going to be more people like myself and yourself. Um, Yeah, I, I just think it's, it's, it's important for the industry to have support and people make people feel comforted and... Uh, not on their own, even mm. though it's not self custody and stuff. But yeah, no, definitely. Um, what price is Bitcoin going to be in twenty thirty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was like really, really conservative calls. <laughs> right, so fifty six was the top. I'm going in euros here. I'm just dollars crap. Oh, euros, Jesus, lads! <laughs> not this top. I don't even know what the euro price is, but give give us give us it. I'm interested to hear this, Steve. Uh, yeah, so 56k was the top last time in euro terms, you know. So I I think 150. Did you say 2030? 
2030. So you have two halvings to go through. Yeah. Okay, two halvings. Yeah, that's quite a bit. I, I'd i still be quite conservative. I'd probably go 250, 300, you know, given all the right circumstances happen and get adoption and we get kind of mass adoption of wallets and easy access, easy uh, education. Yeah, I, I think 300 by by 2030. What What's your... What's your guess out of curiosity? I don't know. I've said it before. God knows. I picked new numbers, but I'd probably be somewhere between a million and $500,000. Yeah. But that's not that it's stable there. It's just hit. You know, it's it's broken. It's broken a million, say, over at some stage in 2030. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I always just try and be more conservative with my calls on anything. Uh, I think it's just better for your mind to kind of you know not not shoot too high for the stars you can't be too disappointed or, or whatever they whatever that saying is oh yeah well listen bitcoin's 20 grand today like <laughs> we don't have to go anywhere near either of our numbers and it's still probably going to be the best thing for someone can park their money for seven years yeah exactly it's just you know I, the most amazing thing that I, is just is just gives me so much faith in um the adoption of you know of crypto as a bitcoin and ethereum as a, as a whole is you know and i'm sure you get this all the time is that it's the it's a crap asset it it it, it doesn't have any value and it's so funny and if anyone's out there listening please go and do this go on to coin market cap and open up the bitcoin chart open up the entire timeline hit the log button on the on the on the chart and what the log button does is flattens out all those crazy peaks you see because they're they look mental. The chart looks mental if you just look at the chart without pressing the log button. This massive spike. So hit the log button and you will see from left to right a continuous upward curve like the S&P. It looks like the S&P 500. And, you know, if you're ever feeling kind of unconfident or you're worried or you're anxious or whatever it is, you know, that that gives me a lot of um, positivity and kind of puts things in perspective, really, that it's it, the, this asset trends upwards from left to right and the massive benefits are you've got unbelievable insane peaks along that trip to exit if so if you so wish so i mean name one other asset that can do that there is none yeah yeah that's awesome uh just before we hand off where can the guys find you follow you give us your socials there yeah steve teaches crypto across uh, all platforms so twitter sorry not twitter actually i can't even remember my twitter handle um it's Instagram and TikTok and Steve O'Brien on YouTube. They're my main three places. I do. I am on Twitter, but it's Twitter is a bit mad for me now. I don't spend too much time there. I just kind of stick my head in every now and then, but it's it's mostly Instagram and TikTok and feel free to send me a DM. Love to chat to anybody, any questions, whatever. Give me a shout. Hit me up. That's awesome. Steve, thanks for coming on, man. Great chat. Uh, you're doing great things. I'll be following. I'll be subscribing. I'll be liking. <laughs> and uh, I'll be looking forward to catching up with you soon again. Yeah, definitely, man. Sounds good. Looking forward to it myself.